Hello. Test it. Test it. Hello and welcome to Agitate, a periodical podcast of creative entrepreneur and other interesting people. My name is Rob and I'll be taking you on this journey. So sit back and enjoy yourself. This is Agitate. Today, we have Chris Barr with us. Chris is a fellow photographer. He has an MFA from the Belfast School of Art, and he's shown around the world his, uh, his photographs in different exhibitions. Uh, the most recent ones include China and Jaffa. Wow. So here we go. Here's Chris. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Rob. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. And Long you? Time no see. Long time no see. It must be at least a month and a half. You and coffee withdrawals? I'm having uh, rooibos uh, tea withdrawals. <laughs> I've stopped caffeine altogether. This is a... Really? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Altogether. Actually, if I have it, like, even if I had a... Rooibos. It's like um, an African organic, no caffeinated tea. It's a red, no it's red bush tea. It's called red bush. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nice. Yeah. yeah. But now if I have... Um, I was heading down to Dublin. Um, well, actually heading down to Cork to do a shoot um, a couple of weeks ago. And Is that the TV thing? No, no, the TV thing's on Monday. Um, BBC one. And uh, I went down... Do you want a commercial now? No, no, no. So. This is, no, this is with the trav- travellers. Um, but I stayed with a friend in Dublin. And I uh, get up in the morning... And he made me a cup of tea. I didn't think about it. And it was soy milk. All the other drank it. Get into the car. One cup of tea. Halfway down the motorway. I was like, the hands were going. I was like, Jesus, what's wrong? And then I realised, one cup of tea. I haven't had caffeine in four months. Wow. This is, so they're probably a bit in this, I imagine. But is that a decaf? This is decaf, but there's like something. There's a small one. Oh yeah. This is full. This. Yeah. 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 You've changed. I do fifty-fifty at home. Yeah. But. When I'm out, I have something a little more. I tried 50 50. It's crazy, the fact. It's like the old man's speed. Checking your calendar? No, changing my phone from uh, not auto logging to auto logging. Leah does my calendar. Oh, yeah. I'm crap at calendar. Really? Yeah, really bad. Well, just as an organisation. She's kind of my super manager. Which is why whenever you ask me to come in, it's kind of like a whole rigmarole to find out exactly what's going on. We're looking at syncing everything, so we'll see how that goes. You're looking at what? Syncing our calendars. So she'll sort it all out and then just send it to me. Oh, like uh, Google? Yeah. Google Calendar? Yeah. Is that what you use? No, I just use this phone. I should be more organized. But every once in a while, I do notice that if I set something in the phone, it doesn't always sync up yeah. to the computers. Yeah, that was my problem. So it's just, Leah just, that's a written, old-fashioned. She just keeps diaries, so it's just she writes it down. Yeah. And then I get up, and she gives me a weekly itinerary. It's on a blackboard, and then we just uh, work from there. On a blackboard? Yeah, with chalk. <laughs> Did she, she wear some glasses down on the end of the nose and have a, beats have a me with it, Beats me in the head with a stick if I'm not a good boy. I won't ask what everybody's wearing at this Pants are all pants, is the easy thing to say. <laughs> American pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you were you were saying you were down south. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was down doing um, the continuation of the traveller work with my guys who have moved to um, between Wexford and Cork. So I was down there for two days, which was good crack. Mm-hmm. It was very a new type of work, hopefully, and it was different to be in their compound just with them as opposed to being with other people, if you know what I mean. So it was no, just me. It was, it was just me by myself with with the guys, which doesn't happen very often. So How did it work before? Well, you use a horse first. So you're kind of, you know, you're in a bar. You're in. You're oh, in, oh, okay. So or you're in a caravan with them, but there's people outside, which I don't. I used to worry about. I used to be worried about a, a safety thing, but now I don't have that feeling. It's kind of um, total immersion. Is that what they'd say? Yeah, yeah. That's, I think that's where it's, it's kind of moved to now. So, yeah, I went down to the compound and hung out. Got some nice vegan food. They're very courteous. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they're very. They're, we went. Uh, we went after that to a hotel and they or, or, organised the chef to do a really nice vegan meal. Everyone else was having uh, chips and chicken nuggets, very beige plate, mm-hmm. and I came out with this beautiful um, prepared uh, vegan dish. Brought out by the chef himself. It's beautiful. Down in Cork. Down in that was in Carlo actually. We drove up to Carlo. There's a hotel that um, I must actually get the name, but there's a hotel that doesn't mind. It's one of the few hotels that doesn't mind travellers coming in for parties. Mm-hmm. But it's beautiful and the lady's really cool. But uh, yeah, it was just a, a room full of um, chicken nuggets and chips. Mm-hmm. And then my nice my nice meal. Um, but yeah, no, it was good. It was good to get down. It was good to make. Uh, meet new people, um, see the new place, and make slightly different work, much yeah. slower. So I'm going to go back down in a couple of weeks. So is this, are you, you don't have to tell me your entire project. No. Is this more of like a setup sort of? Yeah, I think it, As it, opposed to candid sort of? Yeah, it's going to be, I think. Reportage? Yeah, it's going to be less reportage. It's more portraity sort of sit down. Well, they're going to, it's going to, it's going to be led by them, but it will be down along those lines, yeah. So they're going to, they'll also be photographing me, which will be oh, yeah. interesting. So they're going to get cameras. Are shooting that on film or digital? On film, yeah. Well, a mixture of film and digital, actually. The stuff that they're going to be doing of me will be on film. The stuff I'm going to be doing of them will be on digital, I think. We kind of, and some Polaroid stuff. That mixture, complete mixture. Okay. Yeah. You get yourself a Polaroid? No. I've got a couple of Polaroids in the house that are just um, getting fixed with the battery. You know why the battery's a bit of a, an issue? What, what Polaroid <clears throat> camera uses as a battery? Oh, God, the LAM camera. I don't even know that. It's, yeah. The batteries in the yeah. film, yeah. film cut. No, no, this one's not. They're not. They're two. The batteries on the, the side. What, your, what's your, your camera? Your camera's a... 190. 190. You've got a separate battery in yours. No. Yeah. There's no battery in There is? You sure? Yeah, so there's nothing to run. Really? I'm really sure. Because I, I was really worried about wasting your battery and if you lent it to me. Mm-hmm. I'll check that out. No, but because I have, a viewfinder, you know, it's it's a viewfinder, ghost, yeah. ghost focusing. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Got yeah. No, I know what you're saying, there's nothing to run, but I don't think that, I don't think there's a battery in the actual 
there's no battery in that film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pack film. Yeah. But the Integro film, yeah, like the where it's motorized. No, no, yeah, yeah. Exit, yeah. The battery is in the film pack. Well, these two have the land cameras. Both have batteries. You don't have a black plastic. Yeah. Camera. Polaroid EE100, I think it was called, or something. Do you know what? I'm really shit with names. And it's, it's got a clamshell case. Yeah, it's a clamshell case, yeah. Up. I've got a few of them. That I, camera uses a battery because it used to come with a flash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it doesn't... Isn't, but the flash comes off that. Yeah, right? yeah well, I have, I have a flash for it. You have the original flash? Yeah. Button. Cool. Mm. Does it work? Yeah. So if you take that flash off, yeah. what's that battery running? I don't know. It does work with flash. I know it works with flash. The uh, I found a whole kit in a in a disused, abandoned warehouse. Yeah. We were shooting in, and it was. Um, and it's got the light and darken modes and stuff on yeah, it. Yeah, right? yeah. Doesn't yeah. have aperture. No, no, no. It's not. Which is kind of nice for the guys because it'll just mean the point you should. Forward, yeah. yeah, and the, the no, less I'm complicated. Just remembering back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the one you have, maybe. I haven't seen that camera in freaking thirty years. You can go on. Like, I was online. You can you can modify the battery and take it outside and you know sellotape it on and you know couple it on a slightly different way. So you don't need this. You know, it's one of these small. You can't get them anymore, as far as I know. Well, I can't get them anymore. Yeah. Little tiny battery. Yeah. That's strange. Stubby. I'm not sure yours has it, but it must be, is, so it would be to run the flash. If, no, yours wouldn't be. Yeah, mine would be a totally external flash. Okay. Like if, if there was a, if Polaroid made it a flash for yeah. that camera, yeah. it would have been totally external. I'm going to send you a photograph of my flash, it's beautiful. Mm. I know the camera. Yeah. And they, they made that camera up until early 90s. Yeah. And there's nice, like, there's, what I can say, there's nice images. I have a few of them, I just collected them over the years, but the, there's always been um, one of them slightly ripped, the other one is absolutely mint. It's beautiful. But I the want the. The is ripped. Yep. The bellows? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, it's easy. You getting it? Pavel to fix it? Probably, yeah. He's awesome. I just got mine back. Oh, did you? <laughs> did you? You're the one that I was using? Yeah. What, was it broken? No, the bellows was sagging in it. Okay. It had, Okay. Come out of here, the inside from the outside, the yeah. fabric on the inside. I've priced one of those. It's nine hundred quid. Eight nine hundred quid. Yeah, that's there. If you want one, definitely buy one in the states. Yeah, yeah. Keh, like or somebody in the states. Well, I'd looked at them because actually the pro- project I'm just finishing with Leah, that you kindly let me your um, Polaroid for. I just fell in love with it. I actually could use it all the time. Yeah, all the time. It's just a beaut. I bought mine in the mid nineties. Yeah. And I bought it, and it was uh, $450. Jesus, that's nice. And I, there's a guy, is it called Four Features or Four something, Four Square mm-hmm. in California? And he, he was the expert mm-hmm. in it. And he, he still made the close-up kits. Yeah. There's two close-up kits you can buy for it. Okay. A close-up kit. And a portrait kit. Well, I have a close-up kit so, for my one. Would it fit? No. Would it no, fit yours? No. Yeah, okay. Totally different okay. kits and everything. Okay. But it allows. It's it's got a little viewfinder mask. Yeah. So it's got a diopter on the. Okay. So it changes your. Yeah. And then a little screw-on close-up filter for the taking lens. Okay. So. So then when you 
use yeah. your focus back yeah. and forth, you're actually okay. focusing. But the portrait one allows you to get in and get, you know, a tight head and shoulders. Yeah. And then the close up one allows you to get right in. Really close. Well, I haven't used it. I have the, I have the close up kit and the flash and a few filters, flash filters, I think. I haven't looked at it in a while. Um, but yeah, I'm going to take that down and leave it and get the guys to do some stuff. They're very interesting, the, you know, the with regards to so ritual. You're going to get them to shoot for Yeah, and put it in a book and keep it from me. Sparingly, yeah, they're very, like, yeah, very sparingly. And for, well, they might be buying it, so it might be as sparingly as they want to spend. Um, so they're invested in the project itself. Discontinued now. I no, I know, yeah, it's going to be on those, obviously. Did you get a whole batch? Did I say you got a whole? <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, no, that's actually, that was a. I bought some pro photo stuff okay. used, yeah. and they shipped it to me in that box, so I photographed Oh, really? I was very jealous. I was like, yeah. you bastard, there we go, that's good. Oh, jeez, could you imagine yeah. scoring a box, a whole yeah. box of Fuji? Yeah. <laughs> well, someday, someday on, I think Dallas, maybe it was a Dallas had bought stuff, no? Someday, someday from the Masters, I'd, I'd definitely bought stuff. The, um, that, yeah. that, that pack of film now is like 40 pounds. Yes, dear. 40 pounds for 10 frames. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I, you know, I'll be, I would say I'll be buying maybe five packets. Who is it? Uh, impossible project. Yeah. Is, no, 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 Bob at uh, New 55. <laughs> He's trying to make pack film again. Okay. That'll be nice. Yeah. That would be lovely. Yeah. Well, the thing is, it's not going to be like, this isn't going to be, it's going to be, I'm getting them to photograph um, some rituals that they, do that they I'm not sure I, I think they're aware they do them but you know things like you know, travellers won't they have a basin for their cups and they won't wash anything but their cups in that basin you know there certainly wouldn't be any clothes or, or anything like that superstitious or just a ritual? It's just a ritual. It's just something that they've, they've always done hundreds and hundreds of years. I kind of looked, I, I can be completely wrong on this, but I've been, I was researching and I came across an article about whenever the Black Death occurred a long time ago. And a couple of years. A couple of years. 87, I think it was. <laughs> the, uh, the people were dying in their droves. The people who weren't dying, dying were, the, were the gypsies and travellers. And this is, I think, I could be completely wrong, this is me making a big leap, but I think it's because of their, the way they organise their hygiene. Really? Yeah, I really think. And I think then what happened from that, even more, this is very early on, but I think what happened then is that they started to become um, hated within communities. I think this is the very early onset. because of... Well, if people thought they were the witches and wizards, yeah. Yeah, they, weren't, they weren't dying. Why weren't yeah. they dying? Everyone else was dying. Yeah. It's probably because the hygiene levels... They you know, created it. Yeah. They created the Black Death. Yeah, they, yeah, they're killing everyone around them. Yeah. And uh, you know, I'm working with uh, travellers today, um, and they're bringing in also bringing in photographs of the basins. So I've bought them oh, cool. disposable cameras, and they're photographing these things. That so it's gonna, just going to be like a year-end project at the university. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> big pictures of everybody's kitchens. Yeah, just kitchens, <laughs> just kitchens, utensils. You know, not taken by me, thankfully. Um, no, so yeah, I'm going to see what, what it's like. They don't sense. You know, they're very. They, they you know, they call us countrymen and countrywomen. That's what they call settled people, uh -huh. um, and they would be astounded at the lack of hygiene, even though we think we're clean. 
yeah. were not clean, like, you know, to them. You know, like what, you would never wash a tea towel and with anything other than just tea towels. You know, there'd be no putting them in, you wouldn't use tile. you wouldn't put tiles in with your normal clothes. They have certain, certain ritualistic, now, I'm not saying everyone has this, all travellers, but certainly the ones I've dealing with yeah. have these small ritualistic ways which are hang-ons from a long time ago, a long time ago. You know, and then it begs, you know, I was asking one of them, you know, about why, you know, about persecution and everything else. And, you know, she's of the belief that whenever the famine happened that they were put off the land and this is why travellers exist. But if that's the case, you know, I said to her, if that's the case, then why are we, why are you doing things that are written about hundreds of years ago? You know, why are you still continuing that? Mm-hmm. Why would that be, why would that all of a sudden happen in the time of the famine? Why would you just start doing that? Whereas so that would seem to me that there's something way beyond that. But I think this is what the the government's asked or ex, ex, explained to people, explained to the travellers that they were um, going to put them back on the land because they had initially lost their houses because of the famine. It was a way of repatriating, forcibly repatriating travellers. What's what's the lineage of tra- the travellers? No, nobody knows. It, does it go back to Romany? Well, I think it does. I, yeah, I think it does. Yeah, I think it does. I really think it does. Um, but then you get people who would be would vehemently deny that that was the case, because then what happens is you have a, you know, right to an ethnic origin, yeah. and which we have in the north, which we don't have in the south. Well, somebody's even in the amongst the travellers community they must have done a DNA test well I you know it says, I think that's right because you can do that no of course you yeah DNA testing it'll, it'll tell you, you from just, what regions yeah. you, you came from Leah, Leah's, Leah's uh, dad did it to her granny she was 99 whenever she passed away but you know just to find out what the yeah. what the crack was you know and to find out you know there was um, I think uh, Mediterranean, um, Middle Eastern, you know, wow. we could see all this stuff. You yeah, know, yeah. they've always said there was Spanish um, blood. Yeah, but I think, yeah, wouldn't it be interesting to see? I'm sure it's been done. I'm sure it's been done. I wouldn't say my research around it by any stretch. I'm just going by what, I go by what they tell me. Yeah. Which is interesting because, and do they even care? About their ethnicity? Well, probably their ethnicity, yeah, but I think about how they're treated, definitely, but I don't think, I don't think it's a big passion about especially the guys I work with they don't you know it's, it's where they are now and that's it mm-hmm. but where they are now is completely involved in where they came from you know whenever the the racism started so but yeah it's good crack yeah so tell me again about Israel <laughs> oh Israel Israel is good crack um got an invite from um a curator called Maya Anner, um, out of the blue, um, I think just before Christmas, asked me what I want to be involved in exhibiting my work in Tel Aviv in the fourth international photography exhibition. Um, my initial response was, no, I don't want to be involved in that. So I wrote an email um, to Maya just explaining that my position with um, regards what was happening in the West Bank and my feeling for the whole thing um, and she duly got back to me with an email expressing her points of view where the exhibition was going to be not just it wasn't a, a Jewish event it was also um, an Arab event, a Palestinian event so um, after some chat 
I agreed to do it, and I researched it for nine weeks. Yeah, well, we just wrote to each other. It was kind of nice. It was kind of old-fashioned. Um, but you know, I started looking at you know artists banning, um, or you know, the the, the art ban in, in in Israel with regards to how how that worked. I, you know, I read really heavily for a bit of weeks. Art man. Yeah, yeah, the artists won't show the work in Israel. Because oh, oh, of, yeah, 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 not on that plan, yeah. I, I thought you uh, yes, no. Israeli. No, 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 no. That's how rumours start, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> let's they, clarify that. Let's clarify that, yeah. Um, no, so, um, so I contended myself that actually, you know, that I would go. Well, certainly I would send my work. Um, and the work was the work with the travellers. So it was... Um, people who'd be marginalised it kind of fitted with in a way um, there's similar similarities with how the Palestinians have been treated sure. um, so I thought okay let's go and show the work I was kind of surprised that they wanted to show the work it didn't occur to me at all that there was a link you know obviously between the concentration camps with the Jews the gypsies and the how they were treated um, I, re- I actually realised that there was over there which is probably naive of me um, but anyway I sent the work um, to and fro for a while on what was going to happen and then they offered to fly me over and it, it was I was one of five artists in the UK um, who were chosen to go over and show the work um, and there were some some really some really influential names in that five mm-hmm. um, and I thought to myself well I'll go over and see the crack so I went over flew over um Israel is a, it's a very interesting place. The people were definitely very friendly. Um, there was some aspects of um, racism, I think, in some people I met. Yeah. Not in everybody. Certainly the guys I were with, the artists, um, definitely there was nothing said that was nothing said that was in any way that raised alarm bells. Um, I was there for three days. And you know, flying in, fairly secure airport, and you're kind of questioned maybe you land about what your intentions are and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, I got there, walked to Jaffa Old Port to see the exhibition. It was beautiful. The exhibition was really, I was really, really pleased. Um, myself and there was a, a girl, Ruth Conley. They put us up in a nice boutique, art boutique hotel just on the seafront, which was, um, which was really, really good. Um, it's a great city for veganism. Which city is that? In Tel Aviv. So Tel Aviv and then Jaffa's just like a a, a a 15 minute, 20 minute stroll from the seafront out. Um, The food was amazing. The people were friendly. It was, I think, 41 degrees. It was the middle of Passover. It felt like a real holiday. Um, Didn't feel particular. I think there was, there had been an American guy stabbed to death um, just a few weeks before I went over, just more in the vicinity of the exhibition. So there was a lot of, there, I think there maybe is just naturally a lot of police activity in the seafront. There was, you know, um, a lot of cordons. You know, there, you see bits cordoned off occasionally. Um, policemen uh, flicking open um, suitcases at the side of the road with a stick. <laughs> High tech stuff indeed. Um, but you're there, you know, you're walking along. I didn't feel. I went into slightly rougher areas probably um, to, to do some to do some work. Um, but part of the reason why I went there is because I realised from doing some research that there's uh, gypsies living in Jerusalem and they're probably the most despised um, set of gypsies in the world, what I can gather, um, in 
schools, for instance, I think the children are called dirt. And collectively, they're called dirt. People are spitting on them in the street. And they're an incredibly small um, collection um, of people there. So I went over to try and make headway to go I, back over. Can I ask, what, what, what makes them a gypsy? Suppose they're ethnicity, like, I suppose. How are they classified as a gypsy? You know, is, is it some religious belief, or is it a... Well, I suppose it's the same as the nomadic. You know, there must They're be some. Nomadic. There must be some. Well, I don't think. That, well, it's like the travellers I work with in Belfast are no longer nomadic. You know, there's that. They're, they're settled, but I think their their history has come from that. So, but the interesting thing with the, with Jerusalem so just is through generations, yeah, they've settled, yeah, in in Tel Aviv. But even though well, it's actually Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Yeah. So they're in Jerusalem, but they're interestingly living with. Um, the Jewish community and also with the Palestinian community. This is, my, this is a very small bit of research I've done, so I've, you know, this is yet to be clarified. But I know for a fact that um, they're definitely disliked by both communities. So I want to go back over um, hmm. if I can get some sponsorship. Um, and their faith is Jewish, or their well, I think they I think they blend in. But I think now what's happening is they're being. From what I can gather, from what I'm reading, is that they're finding it difficult now with regards to, you know, no one marries in. So it's a very so small, a small, a small getting sort of inbred yeah. sort of yeah. community. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, I think it's, it could get that way. You know, so it's, it's very. So my, my, my challenge is now to get, um, talking to, um, well, I'm trying to make contact with the British Council to try and get some sponsorship took over. I'm going to contact the hotel chain that put me up in Tel Aviv. They have also got hotels in, in, in Jerusalem um, to get a few flights from El Al, if I can, maybe five or six, and go over, over, over the space of a year or two years and do a body of work on the... On hmm. But I want now... This is going to happen. I'm going to make links between the guys in Belfast and the guys in Jerusalem. Because I think that's a good, a good call. The guys in Belfast. Enough communications. Yeah, the guys in Belfast are just back from, um, from. What I said, Belson. They're over anyway. There's links with the Jewish community in Belfast and the travellers, so it'll be interesting to make a link with the travellers in Jerusalem. Hmm. This is all very, it's very, very, it's like, it's, it's incredibly early stages and, you're, you know, I'm doing a lot, of, a lot of reading. I've tried to make contact that hasn't happened. Um, the British Council thing may or may not happen, but it's cheap to get to Israel. It's 300 quid, 210 if you go via Turkey, um, which, I, which, I, which, I, which I didn't do. Um, but yeah, another thing is, you know, there is still... I was there a fantastic time, um, lots of many adventures, kind of ropey at points. Um, but the person I was in the hotel with, the other artist, um, whenever I was, we went to an exhibition um, the night before I left, and I met the uh, the CEO of the company who had flown me over. And you know, I explained to him whenever I was coming. You know, you were—I wouldn't say it was heavily questioned, but it was definitely questioned. There was a bit, a bit of question going on about what I was there for. Um, at the airport. <clears throat> at the airport, yeah. I think it's just—it's just normal. It's just a—you a, can imagine. Whenever you get there, you feel the intensity of the whole thing. You see where they are geographically, mm-hmm. and then things uh, things might become a, a bit clearer. But the—he um, um, wrote me a letter. 
He said to me, if I, if, I, if I sent him my details, he would write a letter to ease my passage out. He said, because going out can be as difficult as getting in. So whenever I left, you know, I give the letter over, I think, three minutes. And I was through. The person who was with me, I think they were there for two and a half hours because they found a Turkish stamp on their leaving? passport. Leaving, yeah. Leaving the country? Yeah, yeah, I think so. From what I can gather from the conversation. Wow. So, what when you were coming in, how long was your questioning? Oh, it wasn't very long. I'd say it was like 10, 15 minutes. It wasn't, it wasn't awfully long. Maybe slightly longer. But see, you know, it was just, I imagine, I can see, in all honesty, flying in from uh, Tel Aviv to, to Heathrow, there was more questioning. You know, the. Landing in Heathrow. Yeah, you know, there was, I don't know, many times I had to get my photograph taken and, you know, bags emptied. And, and whenever I, in fact, whenever I got to Heathrow, I brought a huge, a big bottle of water with me, a couple of wee bottles of wine, um, a couple of my notebooks. Um, and whenever I landed in Heathrow, it turned out that I had a, a set square in one of my notebooks. So it's like a, you know, a little sharp swipe, but it was, it was, it was incredibly sharp incredibly sharp and it wasn't picked up on the way back so they said it's the safest airport in the world but I don't know what either? no no uh, Tel Tel Aviv yeah Yeah. Yeah. but it was um, was the experience good yeah would I go back absolutely has it made me rethink my um, political stance probably not but I'm not sure that um, I'm not sure that not going in and talking to people is the way forward I think you know there are some people who, are, who have definitely been unhappy with me going. That's for sure. Over um, here? Yeah, over here. Yeah. Um, would I do it again? Yeah, I would. I definitely would. I think the people I met were genuine. Um, there's definitely problems there. It's, <clears throat> you know, they know about... Would you say, did I, was I received well whenever I said I was Irish? I think it would be better received if you said you were British in Israel. These are small, you know, come from Belfast, you're kind of used to this, or you know, what school did you go to, that sort of stuff. Um, but no, the people I were with were, were fantastic, were honestly fantastic. I didn't feel, you know, I, I heard one one, um, one conversation where we went to a restaurant and we were asked, we said we were at this restaurant to, to someone and they were like, you must never go there. It's it's filthy. It's absolutely filthy. The food was great. The people were great. Um, and then we realised it was run by uh, the Muslim community. So there's small, small things to get. But you know that that you know that could happen. In, that could happen anywhere. That's oh, not, yeah. You know. So it was a very. That was the, the only conversation I overheard that um, that made me think that there was anything um, overtly racist. And I am sure there are. I'm convinced, of course. There's people there who are, of course, madly racist. But the, the exhibition had nothing to do with the government. Nobody in it. Mm-hmm. I don't do it. So it was a corporation that sponsored it, right? It was a corporation that sponsored it. Yeah. Well, there was several, um, but you know there were, you know, really big names on it. It wasn't just. This wasn't. A, it wasn't a kind of a toy exhibition. It was a proper bona fide was international. It, was it a photography exhibition? Yeah. Or was yeah. It art? No, it was photo- just photography, and it was in Jaffa Old in a beautiful big um, disused warehouse that had kind of been um, taken over for the for the event. And that you was just obviously took photos of it, right? I did take photographs of it, yeah, and it was, um, yeah, it was. I wouldn't say there was no expense spared, but it was, it was well put together. You know, How many pieces did you have? I think I had ten. Wow. So it was, it was nice. Wow. Yeah, it was good. How many? Uh, how many it was all in total. Oh, at the show. Yeah. Showing. God, I'm sure there must have been about thirty or forty. 
it's a really huge. it's a really good exhibition it's a really good exhibition it's a really good exhibition and they um, did you bring your stuff over did they print it they there? printed it there so it's usual you know whenever I you what know what you think was it yeah the print was excellent yeah. print was really good um, would I would I have done things slightly differently probably but sure any exhibition you look at you'd think oh, you'd yeah. do stuff you know and did it cost me anything it cost me I flew to I flew to Tel Aviv with uh, 80 pounds for three days that was it and uh it lasted me, and, and that it, that's excluding taxi. The taxi fare from the airport to the hotel was uh, was was forty quid. So excluding that taxi fare, I did find to spend. And um, yeah, was, the food was good, people were good, exhibition was great. And then you know, you, but you can back, and you're you know, it's an exhibition. It's just ready to move somewhere else. But how do you get it back? You know, the stuff I had in China was printed out there. You know, you know it's you know it's ripped up. You know, it's just shredded, which is which is fine. Yeah. So, but if they'd asked me to fund that, that, would have, that wouldn't have happened. That would have been impossible. Yeah. You know? So it's good. So did they shred it in Israel too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all gone. It's nice. I actually have one piece, as far as I know. I'm trying to organise one piece to go into the art hotel, the boutique hotel, because they were boutique hotel was it's called the Art Plus, and it was fantastic. I kind of went there with. Um, a lunchbox in my bag because I didn't have much cash um, so I was just going to um, save my breakfast, eat plenty of breakfast put it in a lunchbox, bring it upstairs have it for lunch, that was honestly the idea I always, I always, this is always happens whenever I'm, I'm travelling um, but as it turned well, it's out it's hard to find food, it's hard you know, to, as a vegan as a vegan, yeah, but little so did I know when you do find some food, yeah. order a little extra and, an amazingly gay friendly city as well Tel Aviv you know, lots of, lots, well, I've seen quite a few big, you know, guys who clearly come out of the army um, uh, holding hands, kissing in the street. You know, something you wouldn't, I don't think that would happen in Jerusalem, but it, it definitely, um, it was felt like a very multicultural city. Um, so, yeah, that was good. Um, and I'm looking forward to going back, if I'm being honest. Flight's easy, a couple of, four hours, I think. Um, and I think it'd be easier going in the second time. Definitely. And I went to a couple of Johnson over there as well. Um, a few bus journeys. Jeez, um, like, what was the bus like? Bus are fine. You, know, you can imagine. I imagine someday, you know, an English guy or an American guy or whatever can over here in the height of the troubles. You know, sitting on a bus would probably would, it probably would have been the same feeling as I had whenever I was there. But that was all in my head. People were super friendly, super friendly. Wow. But the thing, but the thing, you know, you just don't. And there was nothing happening. There was no. Was there any? You know, I think a lot of the stuff that happens happens outside Tel Aviv. There has been stabbings of late, but there hasn't been. I'm not. I'm not. I wasn't aware of any. The British, you know, if you go onto the British Embassy website, it says there's certain stuff you definitely shouldn't be doing. Yeah. But sure, it says that. You know, whenever I was in Africa, it said the exact same thing, and I had absolutely no, no problems there. And I think if you're, if you go over as a moderately impoverished artist, these things are a necessity. Otherwise, you end up sitting in your hotel room. You know, not doing, not doing anything, or walking as far as you can, and that's really, you know, in 41 degree heat, that's not, no, it's not, it's definitely not a, an option. You know, 50, 20 minute walk and that was enough for a, a ginger haired <laughs> Irish guy to start melting a wee tiny bit. But no, it was, um, it, it was good, and it's left, it's opened up, you know, Ruth. Conley, who I was away with, mm-hmm. whose stuff is just absolutely sublime, her work is fantastic, um, contacted me a couple of days ago and she's doing a piece in, gosh, it escapes me, but there's a, an online journal down south that's really well regarded, and she contacted me and said she wants to put my work 
and that. So there's these nice connections. Yeah, um, in in Ireland. Well, I think it's a, it's an, an Irish based thing, but I can't remember. Hmm. I can't remember the name of it. It's um, let me see. She said she contacted me today and sent me a link to it. Um, What's uh, what does she shoot? What's um, her subject matter? Christ, I should know this, shouldn't I? I don't know if I was being honest with you, I wouldn't really talk about it at length. You said her work's really good. Her work is really good. Well, the work she had there, I don't know what she does generally. She just she'd finished her her, her masters, I think, in um, in London. It's said her name's Ruth Connor. Yeah, look it up. I'm bad enough at speaking about my own work, Rob, rather than anybody else's. Um, what is she? And she. Um, where are we? What's this called? Head stuff? You heard of head stuff? No. Yeah. Looks as though it, um, it could be interesting. But she, um, yeah, she was fantastic. She landed a, a day before me. So, you know, whenever you're heading over somewhere, and it's a wee bit, my wife was obviously a bit concerned. You know, when you have conversations with her, yeah, yeah. Um, so it was her and Cyan Davies who was showing as well. There was. Kind of crap with names. Um, so a lot of urban stuff she shoots. Yeah. Cool. It's nice work. It's really good work. But she's re- she's really really switched on as well. You know. Um, and it was nice to have a bit of company interview right there as well. It was nice to have, you know, because you you know we went for lunch on the second night. We went to an event in Rothschild House. On Rothschild Avenue, so there was, <laughs> there was no expense spared. Um, they have a few bob apparently. Um, Rothschild. Rothschild. <laughs> um, sounds familiar. Sounds familiar. I've heard of them. Um, but yeah, it was nice. It was good to get over, and it was good to. Um, it was good to go over, and it was good to come home, as well. So you're there four days. Was there three days? Three days. And it was. Um, I could have stayed a wee bit longer, but I just. Um, I, I didn't have the, I didn't have the means, and I thought to myself, it's plenty actually. It's nice to go out for a wee fishing trip, and come back, and see what the culture's like, see the possibility of going back. Yeah. I think Jerusalem will be a completely different fish altogether. I think it'll be a, a different, a different um, mood. Right. Yeah, definitely. Especially if you're doing work with the with the gypsies over there. I don't know how that'll be. You know, it might not be fun. If it's not fun, I'll just. You gonna get a fixer, or are you gonna? No, I'll get a fixer. I'll do something. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll probably fly out, fly out first and try and organise a fixture rather than do it online. I'd rather meet someone and see what the crack is. Um, it's a very small community, so I don't think... It, I think once you've been in, it should be OK. And I think the stuff, the work that I'm doing here in the past 12 years with the travellers and when they see how, um, how the work isn't... Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not taking advantage of anybody. It's not the other for me. I'm not... You know, I'm not Whenever I'm the work I do with the travellers is very mundane. It's just everyday stuff. Yeah. It's not you know, it's not the the dirty faced kids. And now with the work that I'm doing, they're making the work. Sometimes through me but sometimes with themselves. Mm-hmm. So it's not you know, it's not the I don't know, the aesthetic isn't there. It's not boys and horses and it was, you know what I mean? You know, you know the photographs I mean? Yeah. yeah. The dry kind of, and that there's a place for that, surely, but it's just not for me. I think if you're if you're dipping in and out, 
very slowly into the the world of the travellers, then I can see how that would be that works great. Yeah. But I think when I should once you've been there and stayed with them and kind of you're you see so much more depth to it. Yeah, it's like, not like there's no you know people, some people some people say to me any subject matters like yeah, that. Yeah. What would you eat? What do they eat? Somebody asked me. What do they eat? Babies, you know. Good 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 yeah. good question though. Yeah. You know, because you're ignorant. No, of course, you've yeah. Never, you've never been in their yeah. camp. Yeah. You have no idea what they yeah. eat. Well, they just, could they could eat a, Oh, 180 degree. Oh no, of course, diet yeah. Than yeah anybody no. else, yeah. and that's part of their culture. Yeah, and I can only speak for you know a few families I I deal with, but the, and the families I deal with are, I have to say, absolutely sterling. Yeah. Regardless of, you know, some of them are definitely wayward, um, but on a personal level, you know, I, you can only you can only judge how how you're treated yourself, and I've been treated incredibly well, and for. Them to afford me the opportunity to do my work for my masters um, and beyond with them is a big, you know, you're it's a big ask. Oh, for sure. You know, because they're incredibly private people, and it took, I'd say, it took seven years to gain any sort of conversation. Easily seven years. Yeah. Easily seven years, and now you're kind of, you know, now we FaceTime, Facebook, all that sort of stuff. And that is now I'm trying to work out. How Facebook has changed, has radically changed the literacy skills of travel, Irish travel. I don't know I can't speak for English travel, well, I'm sure it's the same. Um, but you know, there's definitely a divide between the older generation who don't use Facebook and the young guys who do. The young guys who do now are, you know, they're broadcasting live all the time um, from you know, Bonn, Germany, to Switzerland, to, to Tala. Um, they're speaking to each other. They're putting photographs up, which are very interesting. You know, if they're whenever, um, whenever Paris um, happened with the shootings, you know, everyone was changing their 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 profile pictures to the the French flag. Mm-hmm. The travellers are doing it as well. There's these small things that I notice are happening, which is I'm not saying that there's there's a blend into society, but certainly there's a digital blend into society. It's maybe not happening in a, in a real time, but it's happening in the digital world, and that's kind of a new area of work. And I think that actually. A lot of the work for the travellers is actually photographs that they have online. So that's a new area. Mm-hmm. And I'm very interested in how Facebook has changed that. I'm doing a bit of, a bit of looking into that. I think there's a PhD in it somewhere along the line. Yeah, you could, you could probably, again, extend that <coughs> straight across countries, borders, and yeah. religions. Well, well, because they, you know, because they... They would have been well. They are completely marginalised, especially the. This is me. Of course, this is me speaking for them, and I'm not. I have no right to speak for them. But from what I can see, um, the marginalising that happened, and then you have the young guys now who are. I don't know many travellers I have on my Facebook. At least a hundred, anyway. And it's um, it's interesting just to to see. You get to see it. You get to see a different side again because you know you're not. Because I'm with them at certain times, and because I'm. You know, even if you stay, you don't get a sense of some stuff. But on Facebook, you get you know, every night before they, they you know they sign off, they're putting photographs up of their granny who's died, you know, and they're 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 saying their prayers online, and you know, it's all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's not so much. Have I seen in the last six months? Have I seen anything that's so been? Whereas in previous lifetimes, 
they were a closed-off community. Yeah. With Facebook, the younger yeah. generation is much more open. Yeah, Jesus. And I'm sure... Showing everything. Yeah. And dating, I imagine, as well. Being vocal about stuff. Yeah. And now, you know, I heard last week that there's um, a Christian convention for travellers in England, which I was completely oblivious to. Um, and the guys go... And I'm not sure so much for the word of God, but I think it's so they can get a girl. So these big meetings, big mass Christian meetings, where they go and do the grabbing. Wow. You know, so that's another. There's just there's tons of there's tons of avenues to be to be looked at. I haven't even I haven't scratched the surface in 12 years. That's for sure. And my work actually, I think, suffers a bit because I'm working with travellers as well, which is interesting. This could just be in my head, but. You know, because it's not that aesthetic, it doesn't have that dirty face kid and stuff. It's not that interesting. So I don't know when will it ever be interesting. I don't know. It's interesting to me. Have you have you met JP down south? No. You know JP Bouvard. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, I have you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, his stuff. I, no, yeah, in fairness, his stuff's a different league altogether. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I was just curious. You know, we were talking about you know, yeah. the, the cliche sort of yeah. of. Yeah. The gypsy, yeah. and I know he does his workshops, and that's you know part of that. I see some aspect of, stu- of yeah. his I stuff. Yeah, I see. But it, I was just curious if you've actually, you know, had a coffee with. Oh yeah, well, yeah. We, we would see each other at Balnaslow. Um I think he's just an absolute star. I think he's. I think if he's, he must be recognised. I'm sure everybody. But you know, but, yeah, yeah. He's a little on the big side. Yeah, yeah. He's like six four. Yeah. And you're just like, you know, it needs a really good, it needs a really major exhibition. You know, it's stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, 1992 Pittsburgh, you know, you look, every yeah, time I look online, I'm just like, fuck. Is he shooting with a rolly and a Nets or yeah. something back then? Yeah. And you're just like, and the, the <laughs> punk stuff, the transsexual, the transgendered, then the traveler. And you're just like, yeah, I met him in, I met him in, um, in the gallery of photography randomly. We've been chatting online before this, and then I'd done the exhibition in the gallery of photography. And, They'd asked me to bring some stuff. Um, I guess an exhibition was going from gallery up to Belfast, and I brought the stuff up for them. Um, and this guy was um, putting stuff in my car, and then I went online and I was like, "Hold on a second. So I sent him a thing saying, "Were you? Um, was that you putting stuff in the bit of my car?" And he was like, "Yeah." And I didn't realise he, he was deaf either. Um, so the next time I was down, I went down. Um, into the basement of the gallery of photography mm-hmm. and there he was merrily working away and the stuff was just like sublime you're just like you're kind of in the um, you're in you're just standing beside someone whose work is truly brilliant truly brilliant and he thought there is an essence of the kind of you know stuff's very true because it's black and white as well it's, it's beautifully consistent and the classes he does bringing people over from America to the travellers is good for the travelling community there's no there's no sense of um, of them being used you know I was in my guy's traveller last year and three American women come in oblivious to who the family were and the heights of notoriety that they existed um, and there they were in taking photographs and it was beautiful to see you know, it was just they were in, they were welcomed in and it's kind of I know it's it's making he personally responsible I think for making things easier for people to get access to travellers with mm-hmm. regards to photography because they know there's there's not a you know nobody's doing the big my big fat gypsy wedding racist shit yeah you know what I mean but no I've a lot of yeah I, I love him I think he's great I, have you been down to his gallery no is it good yeah. it's it's small yeah but yeah it's good. no I think he's I, I think if he doesn't get a major exhibition soon you know. 
does he go? I don't know if he goes after it, if he pursues it. The gallery photography at one point were, I think. Interested. Yeah, I think so. Well, he's there. He's kind of, you know, he travels from Clare to Dublin to do this work, and you're just like, you know, the commitment's just unbelievable. Um, and not only known from being online, meeting him at the Odd Horse Fair, um, but, you know, whenever you click like on Facebook, it's like the easiest like you get. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you just look at, you know, you're there, and I actually have to contact him because I want and to... That's on, a, that's on a screen. And that's on a screen. All the stuff printed yeah, out is just... It's, it's gorgeous. The depth. Yeah. yeah. You can't, can't match it, the tonality. No. And it definitely, like, he's just he's utterly gifted. It's like, you know, you can imagine that... Um, God forbid something would happen to him. You know, these are the stories that you know somebody finds a box of stuff, yeah. and it says stuff, and it's just it goes. You know, but I don't know why I haven't seen any um, any exhibitions or he doesn't. He maybe he doesn't chase it. I don't know. I must ask him actually. We haven't spoken about four months, um, but no, there's his stuff. Ken O'Halloran as well. You know, did stuff. We had that exhibition in the in the Void in Derry. Um, it was created by Mark Wallinger. You know, and uh, Ken had the work, and it was the Dirty Face Kid, but it kind of it was different as well. You know, Ken's a really bright guy. He did his masters me in Belfast, um, but he had a slightly different take on it as well. It looked the aesthetic was there, but there was, it was there was more to it. And then there was obviously just my um, my horse identification stuff in the other wall, and um, so there's a few people doing stuff that that stands out, and then there's other stuff that I just and this just of course it's all. It's all personal at that point. There's stuff I look at and I just don't. It just doesn't do it for me. Yeah. It seems that it's stepped in. You know, it's. I could. And maybe I should do it. And maybe we'll do it. Maybe go and do some nice aesthetic stuff. Balance slow. I'll do the dirty face nice kid. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I might just do. It. I might just uh, chant, shoot and shoot an auto, and uh, and crank up the vibrance. <laughs> crank up the vibrance is right. Yeah, just it's just you know. Do some over sharpening of your images. Yeah, which is so easily done, isn't it? You just you're just like. So my stuff, you know, challenge I challenge yourself. Yeah. Challenge life. Yeah. Mm. So I'm heading now up to up to Blackstaff. Is it Blackstaff? Yeah. Um, to sit with an amazing group of women who are the Travellers Choir in Belfast. Um, choir. Choir, which I haven't heard them sing um, yet. Sam Lee was over, um, who's a, a folk singer, really contemporary folk singer from, um, from London. Well, I think he went to Chelsea Art School. But he was over anyway with them, and he did a concert, and they went down to see him. And I was supposed to be doing work with him last year, the year before, for the Design Fest for University. Um, he basically goes in and gets traveller music, gypsy music, and uh, kind of, I suppose, saves it and then records it. Inside. So these ladies are, I'm not sure if they're all divorced or single or separated, but they are, it's a totally different dynamic from the work I've been doing previously. The mm-hmm. Belfast Exposed have commissioned me to do the work for a year, and it's, um, say we're a third of the way in, and it has been a struggle. It's, it's specifically with this choir group? Well, yeah, it's with, yeah, it's going to be with several groups, but it's with um, Travellers in Belfast, is kind of the, the remit. So, which means obviously, you know, Travellers travel. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see what happens in the summer, but the work's good, and it's, um, it's just getting to know, you know, if you're in a room with six really strong women, mm-hmm. really strong matriarchs, it proves difficult. It proves difficult for me because I'm used to being in a pub with um, 
you know, with, with the guys. Yeah. And it, you know, it's all it's a different a different take altogether. I've had to um, rethink a lot of stuff. So yeah, I'm doing that now. Is this your first meeting with them? No, no, no. It's been going on for three months. Oh. It's we're actually setting up a research and development thing in Belfast Exposed where we're going to get them down and get um, hopefully Sheree Driver, Jonathan Cummings, um, Matt Haycock, I think, um, is lecturing in the University of Ulster, um, down to sit down and kind of have a have a chat about um, about how we think things should should go. It's kind of and Kira Hickey's been amazing. Belfast Exposed have been amazing. Tracy. Um, uh, the director has been um, incredibly supportive, and I think there hasn't been much work. Like, like a, I suppose to have an exhibition in Belfast, I suppose for me, is a great opportunity. Um, but from the very outset, I had to say that there might not be an exhibition, just because of the nature of you know people not turning up, and it's all very fluid. Yeah. Sometimes you go on five minutes free land, there's nobody there, and you know you go and there's maybe one person there, which suits me fine. Um, so we'll see how it goes. I'm kind of nervous about it at the minute. I've been nervous all the way through. It's a totally different type of work. Um, but I don't know. To get the travellers in the gallery, an international gallery, and have some voice. Mm-hmm. You know, and their their concern is that, you know, people work with them all the time and they end up highly disappointed because the work that they go to see that they've been working with is nothing to do with them. Mm-hmm. And I can see why that can happen. Um, but this I'm in I intend this to be their work, and what I don't do you think know. You're what do you think you're well, it's March, March, April. I think is the next year is the time. It may not happen. I don't know. It genuinely, may not happen. But you've been shooting. Okay. Yeah, no, yeah, no, loads of stuff. Yeah, like they're they're telling me I'm working in response to a lot of stuff, so they're telling me, you know, lots of stories, lots of very interesting stories. Like whenever Bombay Street was bombed, you know, the travellers were the guys that went in and carried the furniture out of the burning houses and put it in the backs of the lorries to save it. You know, stuff that's been lost in the, the history of, of Northern Ireland because, you know, the troubles is about Protestant and Catholic, you know, that's kind of where it's been. But there has actually been a big part played by the travellers, and those travellers who, you know, that would have been hawking Shankler Road and the Falls Road, you know, and, and all the way through the troubles, you know. So it's, there's, a, there's a, a side of, that side of stuff I find very interesting that's real Belfast it's centrally located in Belfast. You know, they're obviously away doing stuff in Bangor and Wales and, <clears throat> and down south and everything else. But the stories they're telling me about Belfast and the you know the forties, fifties, sixties, and the photographs I'm saying are just brilliant. You know, it's and there's also something to be correlated. I think there's a there, there should be an archive, even if it's a small archive, of all the photo, all the people who come and go in and use the travellers for their for their for their for their photographs. You know, there should be something set up where we can get all this work together mm-hmm. and then it can be used for them in generations. You know, for my work, would they be interested in my work? You know, the horse stuff, maybe not. But there's photographs in the 40s and 50s. I have some names of photographers who would have come over regularly from the States and photographed them. So we're going to try and make contacts there and see if we can get something set up. Yeah. So at the minute, we're looking at doing a family album, some sort of family album. So do they have a... Do they have an association here in Belfast or something? Some yeah. sort of focal point? That I'm really, they all... Oh, they have. It's Blackstaff Houses. Um, uh, geez, I'm really crap at saying it. Monani um, October, I think it is. You have to excuse my dyslexia. Um, it's um, 
where they could actually house all oh, no. stuff. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, yeah, yeah there's, yeah, no, absolutely. And then there's one puffy point in Dublin as well, but in Belfast, you can imagine. I don't know if any archives that exist. You know, Al, Al McSweeney. Probably there's, loads, there's loads of people who have loads of stuff, but to have it's a, a bit like the Cain Archive, I suppose, where somewhere where they they can see what's happening because um, would they be interested? I don't know. They seem to be interested in the thought of doing a um, a family album, like just a straightforward family album with a wee bit of a twist, you know. And they're you know whenever I'm sitting with them and we're chatting, you know, and you're asking them about you know how do they feel about the racism and everything, you know. And one of the ladies said, the owner name has said some Bray Anderson. She said she'd love to see stuff in the wallet. It's not to do with the travellers, but whenever somebody walks in, they think it's the traveller. You know, but you know what I mean. The dirty faced kid, the mm-hmm. you know, the girl, the, the dress is, is too short, but it's actually, you know, I, and the, whenever I was up, I was photographing on the the twelfth of July at the field, you know, and I was looking at the there were some young girls walking about, you know, and had they been placed in Balnaslow Horse Fair, you'd have you'd have thought they were just travellers the way they were dressed. But yet these were the very very people maybe in, that would be, you know, slagging. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that there's potential for that sort of stuff. We're exploring all sorts of avenues. But it's it's led by them, which is difficult for me. So the stuff I'm doing outside of that is just working in response. You know, the stuff have you maybe seen some of the um the flowers um shot at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so that that's work that is directly related to their um their stories. So some of it's metaphorical and some of it's it, it's not and it's it's good fun. But I have no idea. I have no idea what's happening. So if I'm meeting with Belfast Exposed, I'll just have to tell them that's the case. You know, there's some of the ideas. I'd better go. I have to be there in 15 minutes. Do you? Yeah, 11 o'clock. I'm there from 11 to 1. And my car's up as well. All right, then. Rob Durston, thank you very much. Thanks for the coffee. Or wait, no. <laughs> Let's put that on record, yeah, for the like, 20th time. Okay. All right. Wow, that was so interesting. Thank you very much to Chris Barr for that. And thank you very much to the Mac Belfast for letting me host the podcast here. Uh, It was great. A little bit of background noise never hurts. A little bit of ambiance. So thank you very much to all you out there. Have a great afternoon, great evening, great morning, great weekend, great week. And keep on listening. Thanks again, people.